Ephesians chapter number five this morning. As we look into God's word and study God's word together, we're continuing what we've looked at in the past. Um, we've looked quite a bit into Ephesians and James in our themes and thoughts of principles for godly living, principles for godly living. And I want to look this morning at walking in light through uncertain times. And we certainly know that those things that's happening right now in our world as it's been kind of a, a theme of uh, different talks and conversations, but we know uh, in days past and in days to come that we will face uncertain times. And uh, we find here in Ephesians that we are challenged to walk as children of light, um, and, and it's so clear that we see that. And I want us to, to learn and see together uh, what it means to walk in light and what that example is. And so Paul's teaching uh, the, this, this church at Ephesus the uh, importance of walking as children of light. We're a product of light, and light comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. And so through us, it's reflected to the world. And so we'll look in uh, chapter number 5 of Ephesians, verse number 8. The Bible says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now, I love this example in our, in our text here this morning. Uh, I love this example of light, and, and, it, and it all comes back to Jesus Christ and what he did upon the cross and living a life that reflects that light. And I think that that's what's so important as we face uh, the, the crazy things that's going on in our world, as we face um, j even just day-to-day -day what we would call normal as we go out and do because we don't know uh, what's going to come around the corner. I would say that the situation we're in this morning, uh, preaching from home, uh, preaching uh, to, a, to a microphone, uh, it, it's not something that we uh, thought a month ago would be the case, but today we're, it's clear to us that the world can change in just a moment. And I think that's a sobering reminder to any of us to remember that uh, we're not promised tomorrow, we're not promised uh, a, a next healthy moment. We need to take this, this moment that we have and the breath that God has given and use it to be a light to the world. And so Paul's teaching this, this young church here and, and trying to instill in them the, the expected example of light. <clears throat> in verse number 5, For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so that expected example as a thought is that uh, it said, he says, For you were sometimes darkness. And, and I think that, it, it's, a, that, that it's, it's been emphasized and it's been said that you know Christians are you know, sometimes in darkness or when we are saved, we came from darkness. But I, I'll tell you, I, I would say that people, there are actually people in the world that are darkness. And I think before um, I was saved, I was in darkness. I was darkness. I felt that if I didn't accept Jesus, that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have an eternal home in heaven, that I would die and go to hell. And, and I remember that feeling, and I remember the feeling of darkness. And that's what's concerning is that before we know Jesus, um, it, it's, it's, it's a life of darkness. 
And I think about a specific situation in my life. And uh, I was working uh, at a grocery store when I was through through high school and, and everything. And I was working at this grocery store, and there was this guy that I met, and I became friends with him. And we hadn't had any conversation about church or God or anything, but um, as we had become friends, eventually we got more and more comfortable with one another. And uh, as we had become more comfortable with one another, we had spent more time talking, more, of course, more about personal things. And eventually, we were uh, spending some time together one day, and, and we hadn't, this was really prior to, to me getting right with the Lord and, and trying to live for God. And uh, I noticed a book he was reading, and the book says, uh, God is not great. And uh, it was an atheist book about why uh, God is, is, why that person believed God is not uh, real, and why that person believed that religion uh, is 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 false, and why why God is false. And uh, as we began to know one another a little bit closer, we got a little bit past the surface of of just being acquaintances, and we had become friends. And then I find this out, and I, I start learning about this person, and he starts sharing things with me, and we started having conversations about the Bible and conversations about God, and uh, and I find out that he he's an atheist, and I, I didn't feel like he was just uh, in darkness. I didn't feel like he was just. Uh, out there not knowing what to do. I felt like that he uh, had literally taken up arms against God, against uh, even me, against the people of God. And I felt like a difference with him, a different type of relationship with him and the fact that, that it was hard for me to be uh, friends with him because not, not, was, it was not that it was just a lost friend, not that it was just somebody that didn't know God, but it was somebody that literally was against God and didn't believe God and, 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 and actually almost despised Christian people. Once he found out more about my belief and my relationship to God, he wasn't exactly as open to be friends. Uh, he wasn't exactly uh, welcoming to me after that. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that we should, should, uh, should, should shun people like that, but it was, a, it was a hard relationship to have. It wasn't exactly uh, one that, that, that was easy uh, to come, come to and, and, uh, and, and want, I wanted to have. I, I was friends with him because I felt like that maybe I could be a light to him but he certainly wasn't a lot to the world. He was uh, an example of darkness. And so it's, it's our duty, it's our purpose in our life to, to be that, that light to the world. And, and, and that's what's difficult. That's what makes it hard is because uh, as we're challenged and commanded to hear in the word of God uh, that we are to be the light in the world, it it can be difficult because there's some people, and, and I think about especially that situation with, with an atheist and how uh, they, they just don't value and don't appreciate true uh, biblical uh, belief, to, true biblical Christianity. And I, I know that the examples that he used against God's people, the examples that he used against Christians, that those examples were these these uh, these religions and true just uh, just messed up religions and and things as such as uh, Catholicism and other views and beliefs and things that don't even uh, have a, a, a true uh, rooted grounded relationship with Christ and so he uh, he used those as examples and 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 for someone like uh, you know our little tiny uh, you know church that I was attending at the time he didn't consider that. Uh, even close to uh, you know what what he was fighting against, and and so his view was was odd. His view was um, 
very concerning, but but I, I just challenged myself to be a light to him, and, and I, I can't say that, that I ever made any breakthroughs or anything. I think his mind was set up, and he's, he's lived with his mind set up since then, and I pray one day he could change his mind, but it's, it's my purpose in my life to be, to set that, that expected example to him, to be that person. You say, well, I don't want to be around an atheist. I don't want to be around uh, a drunk. I don't want to be around lost people. I don't want to be around uh, a liar or a murderer. Um, but, you, you know, the thing is that <clears throat> if, if we've been saved in our lives, especially at a, at a younger age or before we really had the chance to go out and do a lot of crazy things, I'd say if we had not been saved, we would probably probably would have went and done a lot of those things. And some of us that have been saved still go on and make those choices and do those things um, in life. And so I, I, w I would contest to say to you that, that it, it never have a mindset that I'm not going to talk to somebody or I'm not going to uh, be uh, part of someone. I'm not going to be uh, you know, around someone just because they do this or do that. I find Jesus many, many times and most of the time spending his time with lost people. When he wasn't spending his time with lost people, he was rebuking religious people. And that's just the, the relationship that Christ had on this earth because there were people here that had, had made his word, made his truth into something that it wasn't. And, and he was here rebuking those that did that. And he was here welcoming and embracing those that needed him, needed him, needed salvation. Now, it's a scary thing. Sometimes we get uh, to, uh, to, to a point in our lives where we think as a Christian we have, uh, you know, arrived and we think that, you know, it's below us to spend time with lost folks. But I'm telling you, it's the times that, that I've spent with lost people and seen people come to Christ that draw me even closer and closer to God. That's part of that expected example. Walk as children of light. Walk like you are something. And I think about that and I think about children of light. And I remember making mistakes and doing things as a kid, especially in school and, uh, the elementary school that I went to, uh, my, the, the people either uh, taught my, my dad or went to school with my dad or their kids went to school with my dad. Everybody knew everybody. My mom eventually worked at, the same, at my elementary school, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything without it literally coming back to bite me within a matter of minutes because everybody knew my family and everybody uh, knew my mom. Everybody knew my dad. And I remember coming home after making certain mistakes and doing certain things in school, and I remember my dad saying, son, you, you, you've not only made yourself look bad, you've not only given yourself a bad reputation, but you've drugged the family name through the mud. And, and I remember feeling so small when I would hear that and, and thinking, oh, my goodness, I've, you know, I've brought reproach on my family name. And then it, he would go even further, and he would say, not only have, have you, you know, brought to yourself a, a, a bad name. Not only have you brought to the family a bad name, but, but by doing and making the actions that you've made and doing the things you've done, you've brought a bad name upon the Lord. And I remember that how that, how that made me feel, and especially being saved young and being able to comprehend, thinking, man, I, I can't believe God would do all that he's done for me, for me to turn around and do wrong to him or do something that would make him look bad. And that's why this is saying here, walk as children of light. It's that reminder of, hey, we, we've been birthed into this family. We've been brought out of darkness. We've been birthed into a family of light and, and a family of truth and, and live like it. Don't drag the name of the Lord through the mud. And I remember back in, in verse number four of Genesis chapter number one, the Bible says, and God saw light and that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. 
And, the, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the, and, and the evening and the morning were the first day. He saw light and that it was good. There's something separated and there's something different about light. You can't have light and darkness mixed together. You either have light or you either have darkness. Now, in the, the daily cycle of the sun, we know that there is, that there is a mixture. But in the Christian life, there's not. I think about Psalm 27, what David is saying, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Jesus is the provider of light. God's the creator of light. And I'm a child of light. And I ought to live like it. That's my expected example. And those that, that don't believe it, those that live against it, those that would make fun of me for believing what I believe or doing what I do, it's important that to them I am an example of light. Now there's... If you live in light and you walk in light and you walk like Christ, there's always going to be a product, a, a fruit of it. It goes on to say in, uh, in, back in Ephesians 5, verse number 9, it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And so I, I believe Paul, he took us to our expected example, but now I think he's wanting us to look at a proven product. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. There are products that are produced that come from our walk. They can be good or they can be bad. I will reap what I sow. And if I'm sowing light and I'm sowing goodliness, I'm sowing godliness, I'm sowing righteousness, I believe that the fruit of my labor will come out and be evident and, and, and people in the world will be able to see that I have walked a right path. I believe that the way that I carry myself, the way that I handle situations, the way I handle people out in the world, the way I handle folks that I see on a day-to-day basis, that the way that I deal and I handle, with those, handle those people will be evident in the fruit that, that comes out in my life, in my family's life. I believe one day in my kids' life that there will be fruit that comes out, and I want it to be good fruit. I want it to be full of goodness. I want it to be righteous. I want it to be godly. I don't want it to be a reproach upon uh, my family. I don't want it to be a reproach upon the Lord. And, and, and being that light, I want there to be a product because I want there to be something to pass down to a next generation of Christians. I want there to be something to pass down to my children. I want there to be a reason to carry on the banner of truth. I want there to be a, a, a reason to put on the armor of God for the next generation. And if I can't live and walk in truth of light, and if I can't walk as a child of light, what purpose are we doing? What, what's the purpose of doing anything that we're doing? Paul is identifying light as actually as a fruit. It's a solid, godly characteristic. But it's our choice of whether or not we want the light, or we allow the light to reflect in us. The effective spreading of light by God's people can go all the way down to the depths of someone's heart. That light can reach farther and farther than we could ever imagine. That light can go deeper than we could ever see. 
I think of a story that I had uh, remember reading about, but then I was actually reading a reference book in regards to, uh, to this story the other night, and it, and it picked up in my mind, and I, and I got so encouraged by reading it. And it's a story about Corey Tinboom in the Netherlands. She's grown up late 1800s, early 1900s. And her father was Casper Tinboom, the great uh, Dutch watchmaker. And in this story, it says uh, Corey Tinboom tells how during hard times in, watch, in the watchmaking business, when the family was in extreme financial need, she observed her father and a wealthy customer. The wealthy man had decided to purchase a costly timepiece with cash that would have met all of their family's needs. But as her father was handling the cash, the customer related that he was buying the watch because Mr. Ten Boom's young competitor could not fix this fine old watch. Corey's father asked to see it, opened it, and it made a slight adjustment. He handed it back saying that there was a very little mistake it would be fine now. He went on to say, Sir, I trust the young watchmaker. Someday he will be just as good as his father. So if you ever have a problem with one of his watches, come to me. I'll help you out. Now I shall give you back your money, and you return my watch. Corey watched horrified as she saw the exchange and then observed her father open the door for the man and bow deeply in his old-fashioned way. She flew at her father in reproof, only to be herself reproved by his patient regard through his steel-rimmed glasses and his gentle question. Corey, what do you think that young man would have said when he heard that one of, one of his good customers had gone to Mr. Tinboom? <clears throat> do you think that the name of the Lord would be honored? As for the money, trust the Lord, Corey. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And he will take care of us. Now, that was a, a memory from, from Corey Tinboom's young life. But later on, in 1944, you'll find Casper Tinboom was at, at, nearly, at, at nearly 85 years old, abducted and arrested by the Nazi party, by the, by the Gestapo. And it says, when he was interrogated in prison, nearly 85 years old, the Gestapo told him that they would release him because of his age so that he could die in his own bed. Now, this is a Christian man, but they had been harboring in their home uh, Jewish refugees and, and, and certain Christian refugees, especially ones that, that were uh, mentally handicapped or physically handicapped. He replied, if I go home today, tomorrow I will open my door to anyone who knocks for help. When asked if he knew he could die for help in Jews, he replied, I would consider that the greatest honor that could come to my family. 9th of March, 1944, he died in the hospital at the age of 84, nine days after being released from that prison. What an example of light. What an example of light. That is an example that is eternal. That is an example that, that, that will last forever. And that is a proven product of truth and godliness. That life, I believe, is sold out to God. And there's no doubt where that man is today. I think if you treat people right and you do people right, you'll be all right. 
your products that come from you, the product that come from the, the fruits of your labor will be good fruit. I was training a boy. I say boy, he's older than I am, but I was training a guy in, in, in my career about sales. And I said, you know, the, the best lesson I ever learned in sales, the first job that I had that was very, very, sales was very emphasized. I remember not really just, I didn't push on anybody. I didn't, you know, really pressure anyone for sales. And I certainly didn't sell anyone anything they didn't need. And in four months, I had met my goal for the year. That's how I was, share, I was sharing this story. I said, if you will be honest with people, if you will be straightforward with people, if you will give people the, the option of things that they need, not things that you, you're, you're trying to make them think they need, you'll be all right. And they'll be all right. And when they do need something, they'll come calling. They'll want to find you because they will remember a time when you, you gave them honest opinion and you didn't try to give them something they didn't need. Say, in our lives, it's important to be honest with people. It's, on, it's important to be upright with people. It's important to, to stick and stand to our word. But God will provide. He doesn't expect us to be out here taking this product and shoving it down people's throats, but just live a life that is an example of him. And people will come. People will realize they need it. They realize that there's something out there that they want that they didn't even know they wanted it. That's what's great about the product of our light. We've looked at our expected example. Paul brought us through our expected example. He brought us through our proven product. And then let's look in verse 11 and 12 at our separated stance. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. A separated stance. Anything that is not light demeans and destroys our walk and testimony. Anything that is not a product, a proven, biblical clear, evident product of light will corrupt, corrode, and destroy our walk and testimony. Now this goes back kind of what we were looking at there in, in, our, in our first verse. Let's talk about my friend, the atheist, that or acquaintance, I guess you should say, the atheist. It's important that we live separated. And that's what the Bible's telling us. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things. And it is. But I do believe that God expects us to still offer that product to them. Be a light to those people. Don't worry about what liars may say and scoffers may say I went to uh, <clears throat> I went to dinner one time with a guy and he was known for being kind of a a rough guy and and there was a time I would have been too but 
he was known for being a rough, a rough fella and a heavy drinker and a dope smoker and this and that and the other. And I remember somebody, <clears throat> as I was sitting there eating with him, talking to him about the Lord, I remember somebody seeing me there, and then not too long later, I'd heard that the rumor had went around that I was out affiliating with these bad people that were doing these bad things. And uh, I think about that situation now, and I think, you know, it's important to, to be separated because the things that that guy was partaking in, the things he was doing in his free time, the drugs and the alcohol and this, that, and the other, I, I, I wasn't necessarily affiliated with that. That was his own choice to do those things. But I was trying to be an example to him. I was trying to let my light so shine. Not the light of Josh Boyd, not the light of me, not the light of anything I could do, but the light of Christ shine through me to him to be an example. You can witness to lost sinners the worst of the worst, the worst people you'll ever see and never have to worry about what people say because God knows that you're trying to reach a lost and dying world. Live separated. Live, live different. Don't live like the world. I'm afraid there's too many Christians that as soon as service is over on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, they live like the world, and then on Sunday they get right back into, I'm here, I've been, I'm, I, I, read, I read my Bible this morning, I'm ready to go, I prayed. Uh, when somebody about ran me over as I was walking out of the store this morning, I'm, ready, I'm prepared to go, I've done what I need to do, I'm religious, I'm here. I'm going to listen. I'm going to smile. I wore my, my dress. I wore my suit this morning. I look good. I'm afraid there's too many Christians that live like that and miss the whole point of a separated stance in our life. Living separated is important. Living separated is key. I remember in high school I had a guy that, that pressured me so much to, to talk like he did and cuss like he did. What he didn't know is I was a pretty bad cusser. I was a, a cussing person, but I didn't cuss in front of him and just because I didn't, but he just kept pressuring me and kept pushing me to say a cuss word just so he could see that I, I knew one. And I remember coming out and not saying one, and I remember how proud I was of myself for not saying a, a cuss word in front of this guy. And it wasn't long, and I made something happen, and I hurt. I dropped something on myself or something, and I, I, said, a, I said a bad word. And I remember thinking how shallow my Christian life was, how shallow my relationship to the Lord was. I, was, I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, it doesn't matter if anyone is here to see or hear me say something like that, but God knows. God knows what's in my heart, even if I don't say it. A separated stance from the world means that in private, in public, in front of the, the, the biggest person that pressures you in your life, a separated stance means that you don't live like that. You don't talk like that. You don't act like that. Finally, here in verse number 13, it goes on to say, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. 
This is our resurrected radiance that, that Paul is trying to, to bring us to. He's bringing us to our resurrected radiance. All things that are approved are made manifest by light, meaning that the things that are not right in my life, if I will let God uh, uh, do this to them, he will bring light to those and he can push those things away. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. Christ shall give thee light. Light starts in Christ. Flows through the cross. Goes to us because it's Christ on the cross and his resurrection that allows us to radiate that light to the world. I believe today that's what we're being challenged with. I believe that's what God is wanting, asking, and, and pleading with us. Be an example. Let the light shine through you. Take those products of our separated stance and radiate truth and godliness and righteousness to a world that right this second is going insane and I understand there's reason to be concerned there's reason to, to have concern every single time it still goes back to Romans chapter number 6 verse 23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Doesn't matter if we are living in the worst, most perilous times we've ever seen. Or as some would say, we're sitting in the shade sipping pink lemonade. Death will still come to us all. What have we done with our lives? Have we walked a life in light? Or have we lived like we're sleeping? Have we lived like we're dead? Christ will give you light. Pray that this has been a blessing. Pray that God's word can move in your heart this morning. Whenever you're listening to this, however you listen to it. I pray that truth will be cemented into your heart. And I pray that we'll see that if we're not walking and living in light as God would intend, we're wasting our time. This is a key time for Christians. as the, Through this craze in our world, this is a key time for us to be an example.